Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav. And today I have the husband back on the podcast. I'm here. He is here and he is so excited because I'm well, so excited. So excited. Are you so excited? <laughs> I think you're so excited because you didn't have to do a lot of work for this one. That's very true. I am very excited that I didn't have to do any work, basically, just set things up. Uh, Today is really exciting because JR, the husband, is actually going to be telling me about the book that he read, or like books, because how many books are in the Aragon series? Four. There's four. And how long? Way to give it away, too. Oh. That's the book. That's a series. Uh, yeah, Inheritance Cycle, I think, is the official name for it. Oh, By okay. Christopher Paolini. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. And <laughs> how long How long have you been listening to it? When did you start? Uh, I started when we moved out here to North Carolina. So in April. No, on the first, like when I drove out, that was when I first started. Oh, listening. in May. No, June. Do you not remember? Oh, it was I, June. It was I, June. It's the time has gone so fast. I started book one in on June thirteenth. Okay. And each book is like I think the first book's only like eighteen hours, and then the second book is like twenty four wow. hours, and the third book's twenty eight hours, and then the last book's like thirty six hours. Or oh something. my gosh! So the the drive over here was thirty three hours. So he came over here, and then a couple months ago, he had to go back to Idaho, which was even longer than 33 hours. And uh, so he completed all of them. Yep, completed all of them. Oh, a couple plane rides, too. Oh, a couple plane rides. I had this last plane ride. I finally finished the last book. That's true. That's true. So it was just a a barely thing. Um, So, yeah, we are going to talk about the series. We're going to talk about whatever jr wants to like (laughs) (laughs) whether it be about the books or something in the books the romance right yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about this series but because aragon is like you know it's a whole adventure fantasy quest kind of thing and i know that you have this romance book podcast i am only focusing on the romance portion of all four books i'm going to skip everything all the all the adventury stuff in the middle, and I'm just only going to talk about the romance because, in my opinion, this is the most frustrating and tragic love story oh, no. in fantasy ever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no is right. <laughs> and I will ask you the question at the end, Tab. Like, do you think this was right? Do you think this is how it should have worked? Okay, I'll think about that as okay. the story goes. But before we get in... What do you think about the spicy level? Is there any spice at all? Oh, this book was like written by like a teenager. When he started writing these books when he was like 15. Really? Yeah, so as far as like spicy level goes, negative. No. Nah, nah. <laughs> no, not not even negative. Like I mean, he's he's he gets a little bit more graphic with the gore and violence in oh, the later books, that's but not like, really spice though. No, it's not spice. So like zero spice. Okay, zero Zero spice. spice. You could read this in front of your grandma, and she might be like, oh, that Aragon seems like a nice boy. (laughs) If I was in the Spice Girls, that would be my name, Zero Spice. (laughs) (laughs) Zero Spice. (laughs) Okay, so Zero Spice, uh, do you, on the mother-sister scale, would you recommend that they read it? Yeah, I recommend everyone read these books, okay? It is a tragedy that the movie version, the first movie that they made of this failed. Because this is the next Star Wars. This should have been the next Star Wars. Let me say that. That's a really big statement. It is a big statement. But 
I'm only focusing on the romance portion of this. So okay. out of four books, I am skipping over so many fascinating things that are okay. in here. I love Believe it. me when I say that like Star Wars was able to create all these different spinoffs world or these different spinoffs into different worlds. This book has more than what Star Wars did. More than what like the Disney creators made. More than like Harry Potter. Really? Which is another hero cycle or hero journey and mm-hmm. everything like this. So if you like the hero's journey and if you like Star Wars and Harry Potter and stuff like that, you will love these books. I love And they're that. long, so you you got a lot of time, a lot of playtime to just be in this world and environment. I love it. You just set it up perfectly. So without further ado. <laughs> I'm really good at this. I don't know if you know. <laughs> But he I should have just been, take over. I That's have been fine. listening to Find Me in a Book podcast since episode one. <laughs> he listened to the intro very first. I have been editing Find Me in a Book podcast since episode one. You no. haven't been editing. I edit the videos. This. I haven't been He's editing been a the fan videos. even before it even started, like a couple months before it even started. Yeah. So Okay. Very grateful that you are here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the first fan. That's right. All right, everyone. Let's get into this. Okay. I will also be telling the story from the perspective of Arya. Who, who is Arya? Arya is the elf, our feminine heroine protagonist of this okay. story. Perfect. Aragon's Aragon's the male one, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about Arya and her perspective through this whole thing. Okay, so first Isn't sorry, side note, isn't in Game of Thrones her name Arya as well? Arya, yes. Arya Stark is uh a character in Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. But the elf's name is also Arya. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Go ahead. Now that we've confused that audience. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, the little a little history about the books just to help paint the background for it. So the place is called Allegasia. All right. The Middle Earth, Allegasia, Star Wars Galaxy Far, Far Away, Allegasia. That's what it's called. And in Allegasia, there were dragon riders. Dragon riders were humans or elves that became magically bonded to dragons that hatched for them and the dragons inside the eggs would choose their riders based on soul connection anything like that uh, i don't know it's it's a little unclear how they're chosen but they feel this connection to whoever is standing in front of their egg so the dragon egg hatches they choose their rider the rider gets the gateway ignazia <laughs> I'll never say that word again in it, but they get this symbol imprinted on their hand and they become dragon riders. Okay, but can you imagine if that actually happened today? I know, right? That would be sick. If you guys didn't know, I have a dragon tattoo. I'm the girl with the dragon tattoo. Don't watch that movie. Oh, no. It's really bad. Don't say that. I'm so <laughs> gonna sorry. going to get a completely different connotation. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a dragon tattoo. I love dragons. So just even imagining this happening today, like my wildest dreams. I would love it. Yeah. No, it's a dream come true because when you become, you're like soul bonded with the dragon. So you share thoughts with the dragon, the dragon, and you can Kind of like a soulmate. Yeah. No, it's exactly like a soulmate. Interesting. Except it's like, it's not like a love interest kind of thing. It's right. like Like a partnership. Family. Yeah. Well, yeah, partnership, is like that can still, it, you're oh. family at this point. It's like you're, you're bonded to them forever, like brother or sister. Whatever. So uh, dragon riders were all over the land. They were very powerful because their dragons were magical. And also the dragon riders, because they were bonded to the dragons, ended up having immortality as part of whether they were human or elves. Elves already live forever. But if a human was chosen as a dragon rider, they would also live forever. 
So there was hundreds of dragon riders and they were kind of like the police, I guess, if you will, of Allegasia. Knights. Knights, a better term. Uh, they would help keep the peace of the land, help settle disputes. You know, they would use their power for good. And uh, there was one dragon rider named Galbatorix, who, if you can already guess, he's the villain of the whole story. He's the bad guy. Why does he have to have a name like that? It's, it's Galbatorix. Yeah, it's so evil sounding it already. Is. It is. So Galbatorix's dragon died. And it wasn't his fault, but... He petitioned, oh, if a dragon rider dies, his dragon dies. However, oh. if a drag if a dragon dies, the rider doesn't doesn't die. Interesting. And but when a dragon dies, like if your dragon were to die, it's like having part of your soul just die ripped and out. be ripped from you. Because hmm. your soul bonded. So Galvatorix went through this experience of his dragon dying, and he had he petitioned the Dragon Rider Council to give him another dragon. And they're like, no, you can't have another dragon. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And he was very upset because he had lost a lot of power and he liked the power. He was a very smart guy. Um, all the dragon riders can use magic too, by the way. Oh, speak, right. Which the magic in Allegasia, the magic system that the writer, the author created, fascinating. So really? cool. Way better than the force. Like the force is like... Or Harry Potter, where there's like this unlimited well of like just knowing the words works mm -hmm. enough. No, it goes way deep. Like everything has like a true name. Like if you were talking, or if you were talking about a tree, uh, the word for tree in the magic language, if you were to say it, you could like control the tree. Interesting. And get it to do whatever you want. That's kind of with like the elves and like Fae, like in books like that, where if you know their true name, then you can like control them. And it's so a, you, yeah. so like the Fae, like Seely and Unseely, where they're like, you cannot ever tell anyone your true name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's the same thing in this book. Oh, I, I can see where there was some inspiration coming from. <laughs> Although, uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so anyways, Galvatorix is denied it. Galvatorix then forces another dragon to bond with him. So he goes to a rider and he kills that rider. And he forces the rider's dragon before the dragon dies to be bonded with him. Wow. So automatically there's just like super taboo like going on. It's like, that's never been done before. So all the riders were like, oh, what? And then Galvatorix uh, gets 13 other riders. They're called the Forsworn in the book, but I won't talk about these guys again. You'll have to read the books to learn more about it. But he gets these bad dragon riders. They do his bidding. And then eventually he kills off the Forsworn as well. So all what? of the dragon riders in the world are dead. All right. He killed his dragon riding henchmen and he captured three eggs. All right. And as far as we know, those are the only three eggs in all of Allegations. So he has his black dragon, uh, Shirtagal or <laughs> Shuriken, Shuriken, that's his uh. name. Uh and then he has these three eggs that have yet to hatch because Galvatorix now wants to recreate the Dragon Riders in his own way. Wait, so he killed the Forsworn. He the killed his henchmen. The Forsworn were Why? his henchmen. Do you ever find he out? Only wanted, he wanted to be the only one with power. Like, but, that's how crazy he was. But he has the three, drag, the three dragon eggs, and they're going to have to have a rider, right? 
And so he, they will. Con- that, but that's why he wants to recreate the Dragon Riders in his own way. Oh. So he and he, he couldn't these. really have like full control over the Force. Yeah, the Force Warn. They were kind of bad, so they like kind of got killed off in their own way. Whether they were betrayed by the others or Galvatorix killed him himself. Interesting. But Galvatorix is the only one that wanted power, so it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, but anyways, yeah, he's got these three eggs that haven't hatched. And now he's been controlling the kingdom for like a hundred years. Wow. Under his reign like this. That's a lot. All right. So that that's a big backstory. It's a lot of backstory. That was like two books worth of backstory. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So now you kind of got the background painted for you. There's going to be some spoilers too, if you didn't already know this. Oh yeah. Spoilers like in every episode where I tell you like exactly what happens. This is it. If you really don't want to read Aragon, like... Just listen to this. We're like the spark notes. So I didn't spoil anything right there. Just gave you the backstory. Now there's definitely going to be spoilers going forward. But again, I'm only focusing on the romantic part of this book. Arya is an elf. All right. She's from a forest called Duveldenvarden. She is the courier of the queen. And as you or the queen's name is Islanzadi. Wow. You're really good at this. I know. Thank you. <laughs> She uh, decides to become the courier of the egg because they stole one of the eggs from Galvatorix. They managed to get the blue egg away. All right, if you know the front cover of Aragon for the first book, you know it's a blue book and it's got a picture of a blue dragon on it. So that's what that egg is. All right, so Arya is taking this egg back and forth under secret away from the king because the king can't know because he would. Capture Arya Killer, he's looking for her and everything. So Arya with the Varden, who are the rebels, are rebelling against the king. They are going back and forth between the elves and the humans, showing this egg to all the children and hoping that it will hatch for someone at some point. Now, they've been doing this for maybe 30 years. They've been carrying the egg back and forth. And just so you know, Arya is not young. Arya is... Like a hundred, hundred and thirty years old, I think is what she said in the book. Wow. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but she's definitely over a hundred. All right, so she is, she is not young, but she. I mean, elves—they're always like, they're so fair and pretty, and they never age. So Arya looks like she did when she Probably was in, in her twenties. Yeah, <laughs> like just that classic elf look. Anyways, Arya's been carrying it back and forth. However, she gets ambushed. And during the ambush, she's ambushed by this shade named Durza, who a shade is like a a ghost with kind of a body. And it's super powerful, super evil, really bad, bad guy. Captures Arya, but Arya manages to use magic to send the egg to Brom. Brom is an old dragon rider whose dragon died. It goes to Brom out in this place called the Spine. And instead of landing to Brom, though, the spell goes awry and it lands in front of this kid named Aragon. Aragon is the main hero of the story. And obviously the egg hatches for him and he becomes a dragon rider. Now, Not focusing on Aragon, we're only looking at it from Arya's perspective. Because remember what I said, this is the most frustrating and tragic love story told from Arya's perspective. Wow, there is so much hype on this. I know. I'm just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) ready for my heart to be broken. So, Aragon becomes a dragon rider, blah, blah, blah. But Arya's captured. Arya's transported to Gilead in a dungeon where Durza is torturing her. 
All right, he's torturing her to get information on the Varden, who are the rebels, information on the elves, information on the dragon egg. He's just torturing her forever <laughs> to do the. And, sorry, he's just torturing her for a long time, months. Oh, months, months. not years, just not years, months. months. Okay. Because Arya puts herself in. Luckily, Arya puts herself into an induced coma-like state. Oh. So instead of like, she can still feel pain and her consciousness is still there, but she's like protecting her body and her mind by just kind of like going numb and using magic to retreat inside of herself. Interesting. So after a few months, um, Aragon is having these visions and these dreams of Arya and they don't really know why they don't know why he's seeing this, but he knows that this elf is in trouble, doesn't even know her name. And he's telling Brahm about it. Brahm knows all about Arya. Brahm is like, Brahm ends up finding Aragon and helping him out and oh, right. being his Obi-Wan Kenobi, if you will. Aragon ends up rescuing Arya and he takes Arya and he lifts her. And Saphira's not quite fully grown yet. She's like a smallish dragon. Saphira's the dragon. I forgot to say that. Okay. Yes. No. Sorry. So, yeah. So Aragon and his dragon, which he named Saphira, go to rescue Arya in Gilead. And in Gilead's dungeon, Saphira's not like a full-grown dragon yet. She's like a, a juvenile dragon. So she's not as strong as she could be. She's not as big as she could be. So Aragon and this guy named Murtag, who help him out, they, they all go in to rescue Arya. So Arya is in this induced coma state. And just imagine like you're being tortured by all these different people. And you can use your, like magicians are able to use their mind to probe and really kind of like interrogate you so imagine someone new different that you've never met before but you've only known pain for the last few months and they're trying to reach out to your mind which is Aragon. Aragon's trying to communicate with Arya because he knows how to use magic now and she just like smashes it she oh. <laughs> like his mind she takes him and just like wrestles him around and like hurts him bad because <laughs> You know, she can tell like, oh, I can finally take advantage of the situation and, you know, try to save myself and wiggle away. And he's like, no, don't. I'm a dragon rider. She's like, what? You're. Oh, oh, crap. So she realized that she was hurting her rescuer. And uh, remember, Arya is over 100 years old, so she is very good at magic. She's very proficient at so many different things. And Aragon is like a youngling. Yeah, he's like 18, 19 20 years old. He's very young. So, uh, Aragon and Saphira finally rescue Arya, but Arya's been poisoned. The poison is slowly eating away at her, so they realize that they have to get her to the Varden, who are the rebels, which are super far away. Very, very far. But there's Arya, Aragon, and this guy named Murtag. So, this party of three, they're trying to reach the Varden, the rebels, before Arya dies, and Saphira can't carry all three of them, so they're stuck going horseback. What happened to Brom? Brom, I, I can't, I won't go into that. Oh, he died, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he died. Oh, sorry. You Everyone, I'm he trying died. not to give away spoilers. Sorry, but people will wonder. Yeah, people will wonder. We're not um, going to tell you how he died, but he died. Yeah, he died. I, remember, we're just focusing on the love okay, story. Okay, go ahead. Just the love story. So Arya is being carried by Saphira while Aragon and Murtag are on the ground riding horses. And they know that Arya is slowly dying, so they got to hurry, they got to hurry. Now, Aragon, the whole time in the book, the author is like using Aragon to describe how he sees Arya. And Arya is just gorgeous. And Aragon is like, 
he's nervous because he's like he's from he's a farmer from like really far away it's not like he doesn't he's not interested in girls it's just like he's never been around girls let he's alone not experienced at yeah all. not at all so as he's like trying to take care of her wounds and her cuts like you know he saw that like her back was cut up and so like he like is like trying to like heal her without taking off her clothes or anything like that trying to preserve modesty the awkward youth Yes, very much so. Uh, Aragon was being chased from Gilead with Arya on Saphira's back. They finally get to the Varden, and the Varden let them in after examining their minds, making sure they're all good. Arya gets the medicine that she needs, so she does heal. She does come out of her coma, and she finally speaks to her rescuer. And it is a very interesting experience. The first thing she says to him? Uh, no, not or the like first their thing. first just, experience. Just their, their first time actually like talking to each other. Oh, like because Aragorn has been talking to her in in her mind. Oh, okay. Very briefly. Yeah. But he's also been seeing her in his dreams for the last few months. Oh, so he already has a crush on her. Oh, he's crushing so hard. Now imagine you're Arya, though. Okay, you're like over a hundred years this old. This child. Exactly. <laughs> it's this child. It's this thing, and so. You feel so bad for Aragon, but you're like, oh, come on, kid. It's okay. (laughs) It'll work out. It'll break his heart. Yeah. So they rescue her. They get to the Varden. Uh, They help him out. uh, And Arya notices that Aragon's eyeing her. Like, she just knows. She knows this guy's infatuated. Like, she's been in his head and she's felt his mind because he's not really good at shielding his mind. So it's kind of just like, oh, okay, he is, I need to keep him at arm's length, which is what she did. And it's like, okay, we get it, but you can, you can like be nice to him. Like she was nice to him. She was like grateful to him rescuing, but it's like, she's more interested that he's the new dragon rider now. So she has to have this relationship, like a working relationship with him because he has to learn how to control his dragon since Brahm is gone now. And can't train them anymore. Uh, so that army that was following them uh, regroups on the outside and they attack the Varden uh, like a week later or something. Just like sudden invasion. Him and Arya fight off. So they go through this hardship together. They're fighting like side by side. He's like admiring her. And she's like, Aragon, do better. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, you're not doing really well right now. <laughs> so Aragon is like doing the best he can. He's just this human teenager that has just been sparring. Um, but Durza shows up. Remember Durza, mm-hmm. evil ghost, everything. He shows up and he comes after Aragon and Saphira because he's like, oh, I want that dragon egg. Arya sees Durza going for him and Aragon's clearly outmatched. Right. He's not strong enough, like not even elves. And elves are much stronger, much faster than humans. Not even elves can take down shades. Dang. So Brahm always told him, like, if you see a shade, run. You will not win. <laughs> if oh, you that's have to encouraging. Fight, yeah, if you, ha- if you have to fight an elf, prepare to lose. Like, you're going to lose regardless. <laughs> that's what he told Aragon. Um, so Aragon is fighting the shade. It, it's a losing battle. So Arya takes Saphira, the dragon, and they crash through. Oh, I forgot to add, uh, they're in a place at the Varden called Tronchim, and it's where all the dwarves live. Okay. So the dwarves are fighting alongside. Sorry, oh, there's right. dwarves in this, in I this love story it. now, too. I love it. Forgot to add that. Not not real important to the love story, but yes, dwarves are going Their on. location and everything. Yeah. So Arya takes Afira and she crashes through this super beautiful gem. Like, 
enormous gem. It's like described as like, I think it's like 10 stories tall in the, in the book is how they describe it. Wow. They call it the Rose Heart or something like that. Anyways, Arya breaks it. And to the dwarves, that's like the equivalent of... Murdering their king or something. No. Oh. <laughs> that, that's much worse. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to... It, it'd be it's like... It's like their cathedral, probably. Yeah, it'd be like setting the entire Louvre on fire. Oh. And burning all the works of art. Yeah. Like, the it Vatican. is their pride and joy. Yes. Yeah. Set the Vatican on fire. That That's what it's like. So the dwarves are like, you you broke our gem. And the reason she broke the gem was to distract Durza, because as Durza looked up, in a way, Aragon was finally able to stab him through the heart, oh. which is the only way you can kill a shade, is to stab him through the heart. He now gets the title Shade Slayer, even though Arya was the one that kind of helped him. It was like a tag team deal. The, the gem's been broken, and Aragon and Saphira, the dragon, promise to restore it to its natural beauty, but... Arya does feel bad and she that's just, good yeah it, it's pretty sad but she saved Aragon's life which in her mind was the most important thing Aragon got really injured in the battle though he got right. like this deep cut on his back which has essentially he can still walk around he can still do stuff he can still fight but when he overexerts himself it it kills him Interesting. so when he tries to use magic or a lot of magic he falls he he becomes like just crippled and so much pain and collapses to the ground if he tries to fight and he overexerts himself he falls to the ground interesting so now he's this dragon rider with this huge imperfection right who's supposed to overthrow galbatorix who's been alive for hundreds of years at this point that's discouraging very discouraging it is a very big mountain he has to climb yeah so, uh, and with this injury, uh, Arya tends to his wounds, and Arag- Aragon feels a lot of shame in it, but she's like, in the book, it's like described, it's like this intimate moment, and you're like, uh, Ar- her- Aragon interprets it. Oh, of her, like, trying to heal him? Yeah, because uh, in order to heal him, you you can use magic and everything. Oh, right. So there's kind of like this mind-weaving kind of stuff oh. going on. So it's it feels more intimate to Aragon than it is, but he also feels shame. Right. So it's like, oh, come on, it's it, it's okay. Don't don't fall in love yet, Aragon. <laughs> He's already uh, so infatuated, though. Yeah, it just it just drives the stake in deeper. By the way, I am into book two right now. We are into book two, right now of this love story. That's perfect. After she heals him, uh, they go to the burning plains where Aragon faces off with. Oh, a lot of a lot of stuff happens between uh, Aragon and Arya. Between that, well, not them directly, but Aragon goes off on a, adventures to learn more about being a dragon rider. So there's a lot of time. Him and Arya aren't together the whole time through these books. Oh, okay. So if there are some big time gap jumps, tap just correct me and okay and help me out. <laughs> but the next time Arya and Aragon are together is on a battlefield where. They face off with a red dragon. Oh. Murtag, okay. who was accompanying Aragon and Arya to the Varden, mm-hmm. ended up getting captured and taken oh. during that battle with Durza. Oh. And he was taken to Galvatorix, and the red dragon egg that was there hatched for him. Oh, my gosh. Now, remember what you were talking about with the true name and the meaning of right. everything? So th- this is kind of a spoiler that's going off of the, the love romance part. But uh, Galvatorix learned Murtag and the dragon 
that hatched for him's true name. Oh. And he used magic to bind them to serve him. Oh, so he's like in complete control of them. Yeah. So Murtag and Thorn, the red dragon's name, they mm-hmm. can't do anything without Galvatorix commanding them. Interesting. So this whole freedom that Aragon and Saphira have, they don't have. Right. And they get, oh, it's so sad. You feel that is so really sad. sad. Is and it like that the whole time? Yeah. It's Aww. like that the whole time. We're in book two as well. Dang it. So they don't really have like a good ending. Well, they, they have an ending. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, everyone. <laughs> but Aragon faces off with Saphira and Murtag and Thorn. Mm-hmm. So two dragon riders facing off. Aragon's become a lot stronger at this point, but Good. Good. he still, he can't beat uh, Murtag and Thorn, though. Like because, he keeps on getting overpowered. Oh, because they have Galbatorix's power in them as well. Well, there's there's a reason for that. I won't give that away because that that is a really cool thing to learn about in the book. But yeah, Murtag and Thorn have this special power that just keeps them stronger than Aragon. Mm-hmm. So even though Saphir is bigger than Thorn and stronger and all that stuff, and they're more trained and know how to use magic, Murtag and Thorn beat them, and so discouraged. Even more, because if they can't even beat newly hatched dragon and rider, right. how are they going to beat a king? Right. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's like that's the worst punch to the stomach. Yeah. So there's a so there's that going on. Arya says we need to go to the elves in Duveldenvarden. So during this whole time, if you're picturing a map of Alagasia, if you're looking at it, um, you know, we'll, we'll think of it like the U.S. Okay. Okay. So right now they're currently like fighting in like Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia area. That's kind of where the battle's going on. The elves live in the top part of Canada in the Arctic Circle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's how far they need to go. So they go through uh, the mountains where the dwarves live and Aragon gets treated very nicely and him and Arya, the dwarves don't like Arya too much, but the dwarves also just don't like elves in general. That's fair. Dwarves also live for, for a really long time as well. They're not immortal like the elves, but they are very, like, hundreds and hundreds of years they old. They just have a really long lifespan. Yeah, like, I guess you could live a thousand years as a dwarf. Oh my gosh. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> it's a long time. That is. All right, we are into book three now, by the way, of the love story. I really like all of these summarized. It's much easier than reading it. <laughs> so as they get to Duveldenvarden, which is the forest that where all the elves live, Duveldenvarden has been shielded from or shielded from everyone else in the kingdom with a lot of magic because the elves are very, very good at magic. They're the strongest magic users aside from dragon riders. And dragon riders are the most powerful magic users because of their dragons. And they're probably very protective of their their culture and and race and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. So they have these barriers where, like, even if you were to walk up to it, like, you couldn't walk through it. Like, the magic would turn you away and you'd be, like, 100 feet facing the opposite direction or something. And you're like, oh, how did I get here? Right. So they get to the point where you're allowed to enter. And Arya casts some spells to let them cross through. So the spell lets them into, and Arya and Aragon are traveling. And Aragon is like, he wants to say, like, he wants to have a close relationship with her. But Arya's like, no, professional working relationship. And Aragon's just like, 
so where are you from? What do you, <laughs> what do you do? You know, it's like that awkward first date, all yeah. those questions. Yeah. So Arya and Aragon, like, Arya really does her best to, like, keep him at arm's length. But right. Aragon really, he just keeps on, like, really making himself super vulnerable and getting hurt every that's single so time. sad. It is sad. And that's why it's like, oh, it hurts so much because it's like, oh, that's when he finds out how old she is, too. Oh. Because he's like, how old are you? And she's like, uh, to your human years, I am 100 and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, oh. And that's when Aragon feels even worse because he's like, I'm a child. Today. Right. <laughs> like, he realizes it. And, and he's Ar- like, I have no chance. <laughs> yeah. He realizes that, too. He has no chance. And it makes him really depressed. Oh. <laughs> but he keeps on trying. That's the other thing. <laughs> hey, you got to have your, your hopes up high. Yeah, you do. So they get to the forest at the time of, like, it, really ironic. Uh, they get to, like, the elves, like, a fertility festival okay. kind of thing. Okay, interesting. It's where all the elves go crazy for, like, three days straight because everyone's singing magic and they're losing their wits and their mind. So basically they're in heat. Yeah, every everything's in heat. Wow. Um, but they're in heat because all of the elves are like singing magical spells and the magical spells are like what make the forest like grow bigger and be stronger. It makes all the animals go into heat, makes all the elves go into heat. Wow. So Aragon shows up during that festival. Of course. And Arya says, listen, uh, you're going to see some things. Uh, you should do your best to not listen to the magic. And she casts a spell on. <laughs> On his ears to make it so that he can't oh. hear as much. Right. He's still very much affected by it. So, um, uh, so sober, he tells Arya that he loves her, gets rejected. Oh. During this festival, when he is just like off his rocker high. Right. He also confesses his love to her. And she's oh like, oh my gosh. Aragon, stop. <laughs> <laughs> she tells him, stop like that every time. For too. the love of everything, stop telling me you love me. Yeah. And then on the last day of the festival, uh, remember, Aragon has that huge scar on his back that's just oh, like right. ruining his ability. Well, during this festival, the dragon or the spirits of like past dragons come to life. Wow. And they like grant magic on the forest to like help it grow. Re- remember, it's all about the forest, just helping it grow, help it be better. But the spirit of the dragon sees Aragon. And Arya's, like, right there next to him. And then Arya watches Aragon get, like, picked up into this, like, ghost orb of dragons. And he gets healed, but he also gets turned into an elf. What? Yeah. So his back is completely healed. And he's not, like, completely elf. It's like a hybrid kind of? Yeah, it's it's like a hybrid. Because elves, like, a lot more angular faces. Right. Like, he still has the pointy ears and everything like that. But he has, like, broader structures to his bones. Interesting. So he's like an elf human. Okay. At this time, you should also know that Aragon has been adopted by one of the dwarf families as, like, one of their own kind. So Aragon, by all rights, is considered a dwarf. What? And now he's been transformed into an elf. Oh, no. He was born a human. Oh, my gosh. So he has three very strong ties now to all three races. Wow. But he sees himself like this, and immediately Aragon thinks, like, he's happy about his back, but 
he starts to think about Arya around oh, and he's like, no. finally, finally she can accept me. I have maybe a I was chance. Just an ugly human. <laughs> so after he sobers up from this like horny high that he was on. Right. Sorry, is that a word? Can I say that? Sure. Horny high. Yeah, spicy high. <laughs> spicy high. He goes to Arya and confesses his love for oh, her again. And no. she says, Aragon, this will be the last time. Please do not do this. <laughs> Or we can't, we can't work together. Please shut your mouth. <laughs> and Aragon says, my feelings for you will remain the same. Aww. And then he just lets it go. And he, and he now has done, and now for the rest of the books, right. he, he does his best to keep it a very professional working relationship. Yeah. Is that it? No, not oh, it. Oh, okay. I was not like, it. oh, well, that is really sad. It is really sad. Okay. So, still in the third book, they travel back to the Varden to fight again. Oh, that's a long journey. Yeah, very long journey. But he's but, almost elf-ish, so... Yeah, but now he and Arya take the journey together. They both ride Saphira. Oh, yeah, okay. So, it goes a lot faster. Saphira's a lot stronger now. Oh, okay. Um, so, they go, they fly back, they fight. Uh, the, they fight Galbatorix's army and everything like that. Uh, they try to be only friends, but they know it's really difficult, and they go into battle together. Okay. Uh, now we get into the fourth book. Okay. So, start of the fourth book, they just open with a battle. Him and Arya are fighting. They're deep <laughs> into Wait, the... Wait, together, not against each other, no, right? No, yeah, uh, sorry. Him and Ar- Aragon and Arya are fighting together against Galbatorix's armies. Oh, I see. At the Varden again. Yeah, with the Varden. They've now teamed up with the Varden, the rebels, and the Varden have you know, brought in other armies and all these other races together. Oh, I and see. everyone has really united against the king. But Good. it's still up to Aragon to f- destroy really? the king. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So remember what I said about elves being ultimately stronger than humans in every way, right? Right. Remember, Aragon has now been transformed into oh, an elf. Oh, right, right, right. So he is a lot more confident now with this battle. And he's able to, like, him and Arya, they just lay waste Good. to people as they fight. However, uh, so when they get back, though, someone is summoning another shade. Oh, another no. Another person like Durza. Dang it. And it's like right at the start of the fourth book, too. You're like, oh, no. And Durza was like such a huge deal in the first book. Right. Uh, I think even the second book, too. Like, was, was he like, so powerful because he was old or are shades just that powerful in general? So you actually learn a little bit more about why the shades are powerful in the books. Because there's these things called spirits, and spirit is like, I don't know why he used the term spirit, because they didn't describe the spirits as like souls of people, though. Spirits are just like these magical entities that are just kind of floating around. Oh. But if you take spirits and you trap them in a body, a human body or something like that, and you get enough of them together, that's how you create a shade. Oh. So when someone is being forced against their will, though, that's when they turn evil. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so another shade is being created. This time, Aragon distracts the shade and keeps the fighting up, and Arya is the one that kills the shade. Good. And stabs it through the heart before, you know, it really, like, gets its legs going. Right. So now there's two shade slayers in the book. After this battle and everything, a lot of stuff just gets, like, broken. Aragon has to go off and help a few things going on and he has to leave Safira while Safira 
takes care of just like kind of flying around to make it look like he's still there. Aragon has to go do some spy stuff. So oh. Arya is like just waiting at the camp with the Varden, just waiting for him to return. And she's like, this is ridiculous. Why he, if he dies, Safira dies. Um, I'm not waiting. So Arya takes off to go look for Aragon and make sure he's safe. Okay. Bring him back safely. And at this point you're like, this feels kind of off character, Arya. Are you opening up your heart to the human? <laughs> All right. Are you are you a little worried I, about your so elf? Worried about your him. elf human. <laughs> so she goes and she looks for him. Aragon at this time is like making his way back, and uh, he eventually find Aragon makes his way into this inn where uh, he's like looking around and he's using magic to feel around who's kind of around to make sure there's no bad magicians. Mm-hmm. And he comes across, he feels Arya's mind. Oh. And he's like, Arya? And Arya's like, Aragon? What are you doing here? Like, they literally ran into each other looking for each other. Yeah. So um, Arya had, like, transformed herself to look more like a human. Oh. So she made her ears, like, round and, you know, just kind of, like, changed her features up just a little bit. And Aragon was like, hmm. Oh, my gosh. She looks good. She's like, I love her even more. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Arya meets up with Aragon and they share a room at the inn. Oh, is there spice? No, there is not. Son of a. There is Why? no spice. It's set up so good. It is set up even so good. Even if they did like a fade to black, but I'm it's fine. Not even. They don't even share a bed. Aragon does the very Ugh. chivalrous thing and says, Arya, you can take the bed. I'll lay on the floor. It would look more. <laughs> And then Arya was like, it looked more strange if someone came into the room and saw you sleeping on the floor. So she invited him, basically. Yeah. Into her bed. Yeah, she invited him. And he was like, no. Wow. (laughs) So he sleeps on the floor. I'm so disappointed. And then, and uh, neither one of them have uh, their weapons with them because they're so conspicuous. Oh. Because Aragorn's got this like beautiful blue steel sword mm-hmm. and Arya's got this like elven blade and everything. Okay. So they can't travel with weapons. So after the inn, they now have to go through all of Galbatorix's armies to get back to the Varden. Oh no. Now they're both very strong and they're both very capable of doing it. But the fact that they have to go on foot and they can't use Sephira to get there. Right. It's, it's dangerous. So they go on their own adventure. There's like this kind of whole side story of Aragon and Arya Almost like a date, like a really weird date, <laughs> a date filled with a lot of danger. And that's when you learn about spirits, too. Oh, okay. And uh, they talk to each other. You learn about like elf customs, all this stuff. Right. It's a it's a really it's it's very much like a side quest. OK. OK. Anyways, they make it back to the Varden. So after their little dating adventure of danger <laughs> that they go on, uh, Aragon and Arya are now trying to plan a way with the Varden to take down the city. And this is when there's a city or there's a place outside of Urubane called Hellgrind. Oh, okay. Hellgrind is a very bad place. It's actually a really fascinating part of the book. He goes there twice in the whole series. Wow. But it's like a, they have it like an occultist religion of, Humans who dismember themselves for gods. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, and these are like, uh, I skipped, this is a really big part of the book, actually. Really? Where they're, the gods that they sacrifice themselves to are called Razak, mm-hmm. and they just eat people. Oh, my gosh. That's more or less what it is. But they were 
Galbatorix's servants. Okay. So that's where they are in Hellgrind. That's where they're based and everything. So him and Arya and a few other people, they go into Hell they go into these tunnels under Hellgrind and they get captured. Okay. They were trying to sneak attack and try to find a secret way to distract everyone and then open the gate so the armies can invade. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so that's why. But they get captured and <laughs> They get taken away. Aragon and Arya, they can't use magic because there's these special crystals that are trapping them. Arya tries to, like, rip her hand out of a manacle and ends up shredding all the skin. Oh, my gosh. This is when it gets a little bit more graphic with the details. Right. And he's, like, in his 20s now with this book. So he's much better with gory details. Right. Uh, do, do, do the sneak attack city, sacrifice, bring them close. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're in Hellgrind's. Arya's trying to escape. Aragon feels terrible, and he and he he heals Arya to like make her hand better and mm-hmm. everything like that. He does the best he can. He's not as good as other elves, but their experience in Hellgrind really made Aragon think like, "Oh man, if I lost Arya, this would be terrible." Uh-huh. And it did bring them like Arya also like was really close to him. Like they've slowly been growing closer and closer together over book four. Okay, and the end of book three. And it's like, okay, this could work. It's just a, it's a slow build up. Like Arya really has a lot of her defenses up. Right. And almost dying together, you think that that would solidify them and bring them together. But right. it, not in that moment. Okay. Okay. They're close, but not that close. Oh, okay. After that night, after they attack the city and, or, or it's sorry, it wasn't Urbane that they attacked. It doesn't matter. Uh, after they attack that city, the next city stop is Galbatorix's place oh, okay all right that's that's the last stop this city was the last stop on the way there and uh they're celebrating together because after they escaped Safira's dragon or Safira's the dragon was like able to really burn a lot of stuff she beat thorn they had Good. enough strength all right they stopped murtag all right everyone retreated and left and they stormed and just decimated and they won good they came back to camp they were celebrating aria and Aragon, they got, like, drunk and high together. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, they're chilling and everything. And it's, like, Arag- it's so funny the way that they describe it in the book. Aragon's, like, describing the feeling of being high. Okay. And I'm, like, yeah, he's high right now. <laughs> Why does he just <laughs> say he's high? And the same thing with, like, her. And Arya's, like, it's supposed to do that. Relax. Yeah. So Arya's like help like teaching him like, hey, this it's okay to feel like this right yeah. now. And I'm like, is Arya seducing him? Is this the like moment? Like sexual tension? Yeah, sexual tension. Oh. All right. Then uh there's music playing in the campgrounds okay. of the garden, and Arya just starts dancing in front oh. of him. Oh. And I'm like, okay, if a girl's dancing in front of you, it's minimum she wants you to dance with her. Right. Maximum, you're going to get it on later <laughs> that night. Okay. So it, it's, it falls somewhere on that spectrum. Right, right. Okay. And so like uh, she falls back down after the dance, like laughing. It's like that whole cliche, like, oh, oh we're so silly together. Oh, right, right. Oh. And then you think it's going to happen. It's all like kiss the girl moment from Little Mermaid. Right. Don't be scared. And nothing. Oh my Because gosh. a battle breaks out. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Murtag and Thorn fly into the camp. I thought they were dead. No, not dead. Oh, not dead. they just, just beat defeated. them. Just beat them. Oh. <clears throat> they retreated 
Uh, Thorn and Murtag, they land into the middle of the camp. They kidnap the Varden leader and they fly away. Oh my gosh. And Aragon and Saphira are like fighting soldiers and you're like, ah. Even though no. they're intoxicated and stuff? Arya cast a spell to help with that. Oh, okay, good. It's so interesting how magic just kind of erases so many different things in this thing. That, interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. Ma- magic is like a, a cheat code in this, but it, it does come at a cost, though. Right. Like with magic, you can't do anything that like requires more strength than what you have. Like if you cast a spell to like move a couch or something, the amount of physical strength it would have taken you to move that couch, it you still cost that. Like you'll still feel exhausted after the spell. Oh, okay. But if you cast a spell that requires like more strength, like lift me lifting a car, I will die. <laughs> oh. So if your body's physically incapable of doing something like that, the magic will just kill you. Okay. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yep. That sucks. Now, the more you know. Okay. So uh, it was it was ruined. The, the moment was ruined. It was lost to the battle. All right. And now Aragon and Arya are like, ah, oh, we lost our leader. And then a whole bunch of politics happen. Oh. There's a lot of politics in this book. Okay. So him and Arya, they they separate. Aragon goes does some things. Arya's like getting ready for battle. All right. Aragon returns. Arya's there. They're ready. They both go in to face Galbatorix okay. together. Okay. All right. Arya's got this special weapon that's made to kill dragons. So she's in charge of killing Galbatorix's dragon. Okay. And Aragon's in charge of dealing with Galbatorix. Okay. I won't tell. I won't say like how. He deals with the king and everything, but I mean, you kind of know with a hero epic novel, you know the king is going to lose. Yay. Okay, good. So the king loses. Yay. Won't say how. You got to read the books. Okay. King loses. Um, him and Arya are like just relieved. Right. And you're this like. This has been years, right? Yeah. I think like a couple years. Wow. I think this book happens. I actually know under a year. I think really yes because his cousin Roran uh the one of the characters Aragon's cousin Roran it doesn't mean anything to you right now if you read the books it makes sense he gets this girl pregnant and she doesn't have a baby and she has the baby at like the very end of the book really so yeah it's it's it like all happens in a year oh my gosh that's a lot <clears throat> Yeah, because, yeah, she doesn't have the baby yet until the very end. So, yeah, a year and nine, it doesn't matter. Anyways, yeah, it all kind of takes place over here. That's crazy when I think about that timeline. Yeah. I actually think that's probably why the author did that, just to, like, kind of illustrate, hey, here, here's some semblance of time to let you know how long it's going. Really, all of this happened so fast. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, anyways, uh, the king, uh, Galbatorix's evil reign is now done with. All of the kingdoms, they're fighting over power. And by fighting, I mean they're having heated political discussions, which the book goes into. And it's you're like kind of invested because you don't know how the power is going to be divided. How are you going to deal with all these other issues that happen after you overthrow an evil empire? Right. Um, but getting away from that, anyways, uh, Islan Zadi, uh, the queen of the elves, died in the final conflict. Oh, okay. So she dies. Arya is named the queen. Whoa. So Arya is now the queen of the elves. Aragon is now a drag, like the... The leader only, of the dragon riders. Yeah, the leader basically. of the dragon riders. But there's only him and Saphira and Murtag and Thorn. 
Oh, and they're out from under Galbatorix's. Yeah, like, he freed them. <gasps> Yay! Okay. So Murtag and Thorn have been, but they're like they're not doing good. Right. They're probably really messed up. <laughs> yeah, like they're very emotionally traumatized by the whole ordeal. Right, but there's still one egg, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There's one green egg left. Oh my gosh. Okay. So dragons are still there. There's two dragons that are hatched right now. Okay. Um, Saphira is the only girl dragon. Thorn is the only male dragon. <gasps> so they could have babies. Yeah, so you think, but no. Oh. <laughs> Murtag and Thorn need to leave. They need to get out of Allegasic because the whole kingdom has looked at them as killers. Oh. Because Galvatorix did all their Well, bidding. they could still mate and then leave. <laughs> Yeah, you think that, but no. Just no. wait, just wait. Okay, okay. Okay, so they go they go off. Arya and Aragon have been away from each other for like a month-ish mm-hmm. going on while everything's getting settled down, and it's been really quiet. Aragon keeps on sending letters, but he doesn't get anything back. Right. And he's just like sad. And he's he's accepted at this point that like him and Arya are just close friends. They're never meant to be. Right. And any hope that he had, it, it just won't happen. So now Arya finally gets back to him and she says, meet me at this place at this time. Oh. And it's like outside of the kingdom where Galbatorix's old place was. And he's like, okay. So he goes to meet Arya and he's really excited because he hadn't seen her forever. Right. Remember, he's in love, but he's keeping it professional. And she's the freaking queen now. And she's the queen now. All right. Arya shows up and she's with a green dragon. What? The other egg hatched for her. For her. For her. She is now a dragon rider. And the queen. And the queen. What? Yeah. How does that... So which one is more important? Yeah. See, this is and this is where the whole title of this episode is the most... Let me get back to it. The most frustrating and tragic love story Oh my ever. gosh. Okay, so Arya is the queen and a dragon rider. All right. What is more important in your mind to have? This is where you you could just get in arguments over this. Uh, I feel like a dragon rider is more important because there's not as many as them. Right. Like anyone could really be like the queen of the elves. Right. But like there's only three dragon riders. Right. But it doesn't happen that way? I agree 100%. Oh, okay, good. The elves forced Arya to be, well quote-unquote forced they really elected her to be queen and in my mind i'm like if she's a dragon rider she yeah. can't be your queen she's got other responsibilities exactly. there are some other elves i mean why don't you get an elf who's like 300 years old instead right. of 100 years old yeah i agree <clears throat> so Arya gets pigeonholed and she's made to become the queen and take care of her dragon and like learn everything right. about the dragon. Ride. And like the elves know a lot about dragon riding. They have a lot of stuff so she can get instructed by them. But essentially it's coming down to Aragon who, uh, who is left to kind of like build the rest of the dragon riders. Right. Interesting. So, but Aragon can't stay in Allegasia. He has to leave the whole place. Why? Because he realized after he killed Galbatorix that he's like a nuclear bomb. He is so powerful that every nation is going to fight for him to be on their side. Remember how he's tied to the elves, the dwarves, the humans? Oh. Also, like, 
the Urgals, which uh-huh. you are another race that you learn about later. He's tied really strongly to all of them. Oh my gosh. Okay. So with all these people fighting over him, he's like, I have to leave Allegatia. I'm going to go find a safe place to bring the riders back eventually. Right. Okay. And they're like, no, you can't. He's like, I have to because of these reasons. Right. Everything I just said. And they're like, Oh, that makes sense. So he talks to Arya like one last time. He goes up to do Veldenvarden. Ah. They hang out together. They spend all the time that they can. They're like, their dragons are like in love with each other too. Oh. Like the green dragon, the blue dragon. His name's Frenrir. In, in the audio, in the audible book, yeah. his voice is like really low. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it just like resonates. You're like, oh, that's that's strange. Wow. But anyways, yeah, the dragons are in love with each other. And you're like, is Arya going to like be in love? With, like Aragorn's like, just leave with me. Leave right. with me. And Aww. you're like, you can. Just get on your dragons and go. Right. Get out of town. You yeah. can go do the dragon rider stuff together and be with each other. But they didn't. The very Aww. last part of the book. Aragon gets on a ship with Saphira and a few other elves as they go off into the distance. And Arya is standing on the boat, and you think that they're going to kiss. Yeah. You think, that, and they haven't kissed this whole time. Right. Oh, but they did learn each other's true names, too, which is another oh. infuriating part of this. Whoa. Because when you tell each other your true names, you're essentially giving all power over to them. Right. That's intimate. Yeah. Very intimate. <laughs> And okay. they didn't even they didn't even kiss. How okay. dare they? They're standing on the boat. Arya and Aragon are super close. Arya puts her arm up and her dragon grabs her by the arm and lifts her off the boat and they fly off together. How dare she? How dare she is right. She <laughs> tries to like exit all cool and you as the reader are left like, what the F was that? How dare she? And that's what happened. That is the end well, of, in my opinion, the most tragic and frustrating love story. You really hope that that dragon impregnated Sephira. <laughs> I'm just going to say that, that there's got to be some sort of love story is with the dragons. Oh my gosh. I am just, there's so much. Wow. That was four books. Four uh, books. Four books of this love story just unraveling. Under one hour. Yep. Wow. Starts with Aragon, goes into Eldest, then Brissinger, then it ends with... Inheritance. Uh, is it? Doesn't I think so. Oh, yeah, you're right. It does. Yeah. Good job. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, what did you guys think? <laughs> I was, I mean, I had read the first three books, I want to say, but I didn't remember basically anything. So it was really refreshing to learn about this and also very frustrating because you at least hope that they kissed once. No, they didn't. Not, not not at all. Not at not all. Not once. Wow. That was really disappointing. And guys, I only dove into the romance part of this book, right. which is like such a small part of this book. Right. So small. There are so many other crazy cool things going on. Dang. Dang. Okay. Well, there you have it, everyone. The four books of Aragon, the Aragon series. Uh, the love story, which didn't really exist. And that's really disappointing. It existed. It just teased you the whole way. And then it was like, nope. Nope. Sorry. Bad ending. Peace out. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for telling us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. (laughs) And we'll follow up uh, next week with a very spicy book because we got nothing this week. Just kidding. (laughs) I won't do that. (laughs) 
It's just going to well, be like straight softcore. Oh that's my gosh. <laughs> Basically, that's what the mini episode was. where I Because the mini episode that I talked about on Tuesday was very brief, like maybe 12 minutes. It was about that series that I've been reading. It's a reverse harem. And, which means there's five guys and one five girl. Five dudes, one girl. Yeah. But like the first <laughs> book, there was no spy. Second book, there was a little bit. Third, so much that I like had to skip through. I didn't read the fourth book because it isn't out. But like the third book, literally, I had to skip so much because it was incredibly spicy. It was unreal. <laughs> Not as much as that one that I was telling you about, like the very first episode that we were in. I can't remember what that's called, like the Den of Vipers or something. And that was another reverse harem. Yeah, not like that. Oh my gosh, that one was unreal. Like I couldn't do that. That was bad. Yeah. So what episode but, was that? Uh, the mini episode that it was just on oh. Tuesday. Yeah. So go listen to the mini episode if you want some spice. Well, I didn't really super talk about it a lot, but yeah, you can give read the that, people what they want. I'm sorry. They want spice. There was a lot of spice. Give them some pepper and paprika. I know it was just real spicy, like wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, habanero. <laughs> habanero. Oh, all of it. Jalapeno. Um, anyways, I'm grateful for you guys. Definitely go and follow me on Instagram. Find me at a book podcast. There's a period between each word. Uh, follow there. Follow on Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast. Definitely rate, review, and, you know, stick along. That's not a real word. Stick around. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. Stick around. Stick around. Be- we're, we're and and if there are books that like you really want to see, comment on our Instagram. Yeah. Even if they're not romance. Like I was We did Aragon. Yeah. I talked about the romance part of it, but That's true. There's a lot of good books out there. Yeah. Comment the book you want her to talk about. True. She'll read it in a day. <laughs> I'll sure try. If it's not a romance, that might take me like a week, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Anyways, I appreciate you guys and I will talk to you next time.